Hello, and welcome to The Purpose. I'm Bill Brunson. And I'm Kip McClure. And today we are joined by... Hey, it's John Sweeney. And I'm Scott Barnes. Glad to have you all with us today as we are now uh, starting off a new year. And we're starting with a wonderful passage of Scripture because we're starting with a passage from Mark's Gospel that deals with the baptism of Jesus. So we start a we start a new year with a passage that deals with the start of the ministry of Jesus. And so Matthew, we're, we're sorry, Mark 1, uh, beginning verse 4. So John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the whole Judean region and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now, John was clothed with camel hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I am is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. So today we're talking about this significant moment in the life of Jesus. We remember that, you know, we've, we've just come out of the Christmas season where we, of course, most people read the uh, passage from Luke uh, 2, uh, where you get the story of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem of Judea. And we know that at eight days old, he is taken to the temple and is presented there. And uh, what he would be doing in that moment, it would be time for his circumcision as a, a male in the Jewish faith. And he would be part of the covenant of Moses at that point. And so it's an exciting moment in the family's life. They go to Jerusalem for that. And then we really don't hear a lot from him until he is 12 years old. They return to Jerusalem where he would have been making his first sacrifice with Joseph, um, uh, the basically the forerunner to the current practice of the bar mitzvah that happens at 12. In that period of time when you, they, the Jewish people still had the temple, there wasn't a bar mitzvah, but instead you went and made your first sacrifice when you were 12 or 13 years old. And so he would have been doing that, which would have made him a, a man in the eyes of the Jewish people. And at that point, Unlike now when, uh, you know, you're 12 or 13 years old and you have a big birthday or a big event and on Monday you go back to school, um, in this period of time, Jesus and anyone else, that any other male that did this, you go make your first sacrifice, you are a man in the eyes of your, your faith community, and the next day you go to work. And so... Most people will be apprenticing themselves to their fathers or for to someone in their village. Well, Jesus didn't apprentice himself at 12 years old to his stepfather Joseph, but instead he apprenticed himself to his father uh, and began teaching at the temple. And, of course, Mary and Joseph came back after they thought they lost him in the caravan. Uh, they came back and got him, put him in the car, took, drove him back to Nazareth, and you know, told him to quit embarrassing the family. And we heard nothing else from him until this point. He's 30 years old. 
Uh, he is at the age in the Jewish faith where he is con- would be considered a master of his craft, whatever that craft might be. And of course, we know he apprenticed himself to God. He is a rabbi, and he his he is a master of that craft. And at thirty years old, as a master, you can begin assembling disciples. And so he goes to begin this process and to begin his true ministry. He goes down to the Jordan River below the city of Jericho, above the city of the village of Qumran in an area known as Casa El Yahud. He goes there where John is baptizing, and he goes and is baptized by John to start the ministry that would ultimately change the entire world. So that's what that's our passage. That's our locale. These are our people. And now we're all caught up. Well, I'm just amazed at how well that talk went when they were in the car coming back from the temple at age 13, because obviously he didn't cause any more problems for, well, what is that, 17 years? I mean, that's pretty I mean, good. That's pretty good. Uh, impressed with uh, Mary's skills at parenting. But yeah, here they are, um, or here Jesus is, uh, going down, and it's kind of an odd moment. Uh, goes down and, and is baptized by John, his cousin, and, um, and ministry starts. There's this kind of full acknowledgement by John, uh, and I'm sure that John and Jesus has had, had had these conversations leading up to this moment, but but John is proclaiming, um, as, as we've heard several times in other passages, you know, preparing the way of the Lord— he is preparing the, the the path for Jesus, and and he, he's he's declaring um, that he's not even worthy to be baptizing him. He's not he 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 in this in this you know there's kind of this understanding of John being bold and brash and and um, certainly goes against the grain of society by the way he eats and dresses and lives, yet um, he is showing tremendous humility in this moment of saying, I'm not even worthy to untie this man's straps. I mean, you guys, you've got to understand what is about to happen and who is about to arrive here, who's about to be a part of this, this, um, ministry. Um, and, and sure enough, it's, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, comes in. One thing that strikes me in this passage that I, that I, um, having spent time, Bill, with you, um, in Israel, and it's not, you know, um, we've been to that site where um, that you described. It's not. Um, it's about a two-hour bus ride from Jerusalem. Um, yet it says the the countryside of Judea and Jerusalem. The people of Jerusalem were going out to John. I mean, that's a that's an important commitment. That's a that's not just a a wandering around the neighborhood saying, oh here's a guy baptizing people there there was intention behind the people that were heading down to where John was which speaks to me the importance of uh, the impact that John was having with the the people of of Jerusalem and the Judean countryside that that there was a growing anticipation of of what was to come and they wanted to be a part of it well I think that's also interesting I mean the first um, I remember when I first started thinking about, okay, what do I actually believe about all these things, uh, which was much later than um, middle and into high school. 
But when I first like came across this passage, okay, well, the way that I've always thought about baptism, right, was this this thing that we as Christians do, right? You know, you you believe in Jesus and then you're you're baptized. I was dunked or I was sprinkled and I was dunked in the Baptist church. So I feel like I've covered all my all my bases there, so I think I'm in at this point. But okay, what is John doing? I thought baptism was like this Christian thing that we do. So what's John doing? Because Jesus hasn't hasn't really done anything yet from a standpoint of dying on the cross or anything like that. So what is John doing and why are all these people coming from from all around to get there to have whatever this this thing is? They have to have it. They're going out in the woods to be with this wild man to be baptized. So what's going on here and what's the I guess my question is like what's the difference between this and what what we do as Christians? now because I think that's important to kind of for our listeners to kind of understand as they interrogate this passage all right what's John doing I, th- I think there's 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 a there's a connection between the cleansing of one of, of, a, of a person as they approached into the temple mm-hmm. or into the synagogue or wherever and and this idea that that Ministry was was shifting was going to be shifted away from traditional spaces of ministry into um, everyday experiences and everyday interactions, and and a baptism provides that cleansing of an individual um, even before this concept you know this this you know not even addressing the Jesus component of this, but but John is saying we've got to prepare ourselves for being in the presence of God outside of the synagogue, outside of the temple. And that was a, a, a ra- that was as radical as John could be. Um, you know, wild honey and locusts is, sounds radical to me, but for him to be saying we are going to be in the presence of God outside of, as Bill talked about earlier this week, the Holy of Holies, then um, we've got to prepare ourselves. We've got to be cleansed and cleaned. And, and so I think what, what those who heard that message understood, mm-hmm. but we still haven't addressed the, the, the even greater question um, of, of why Jesus goes through this baptism. Yeah, because it would kind of, we should just shut this whole thing down if Jesus needed to be cleansed of his sins. So that, that maybe those years that we don't talk about in the Bible, man, that's where Jesus was doing all the sinning because we need to we need to figure that out. That is Scott Barnes. No, 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 no. no, no. To be clear, I'm firmly in the camp of Jesus never sinned. I need I need that to be known. But no, it is it's a huge question. It's like, all right, well, if what John's doing is all these people are coming to be baptized for repentance, to be cleansed of their sins, so that they can stand in front of the Holy of Holies and, and all those other things, then what's Jesus doing? to some extent um, it would seem it would be a part of just standard ritual for a Jewish person um, when COVID came around you know we all got into the ritual of washing our hands you know from singing uh, happy birthday or whatever it was uh, because we became you know more aware of the importance of, of, of that kind of cleansing so there was a ritual cleansing to go into a worship space that people would would go through and so I don't know that Jesus had to necessarily be forgiven or be cleansed because he was already pure but 
as a Jew, it would have been a normal part of, it would seem to me, the, the normal part of worship. There's something happening at Jesus's moment with John that I don't think is happening to those that were being baptized by John previously or after the fact up until those of us today. And and there, there are a few people that show up uh, like the Father the, yeah. and, the, and the Holy Spirit. There's, there's they, this they, whole descending. They, they decide to show up for this. Yeah, this – this um the descending of the dove um, and the, the the clear presence of the Holy Spirit, the, the voice of the Father speaking to the Son, um, that is the is for me the moment that connects. Um, we keep coming back to this. We've talked about this several times on this podcast, the, the, the humanity of Jesus. But this is clearly the div- the divinity of Jesus in the same act that is being performed by humans around him that it's 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 that almost perfect combination that perfect blending of the full divinity and the full humanity of Christ at this at this singular moment that Jesus per- participating in an activity that um, that John is is calling upon others to participate in yet at the same yet within that activity God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are present, and and I I don't know that's got to be a a pretty overwhelming experience. Uh, I couldn't imagine being John at that moment. Like, right? I mean, and if you if you look at this moment, John is the last of the prophets, the messianic prophets. Uh, from the Old Testament time of Isaiah and Ezekiel and, and Micah, we have been hearing the prophecies of there's a Messiah coming. John is the last prophet to appear to declare the Messiah's coming. Now, you know, he's like, he's coming. He's like right there. <laughs> right there. Uh, he, you know, <laughs> he's three away. He's three away from the water, people. I mean, and uh, but Matthew's gospel, actually, when, he, when Matthew deals with this, it's interesting because when he gets down into the when jesus gets down to the water uh, john protest i mean not only does he say you know we have mark having him you know quoting him saying i'm not worthy to un- untie the sandals off on his feet but in matthew's gospel he says i need to be baptized by you and you're coming to be baptized by me and of course jesus says it has to be because it is fitting in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And when when Jesus comes into the world and Jesus begins his ministry, Jesus truly is the fulfillment of all of God's work in the world. But Jesus is coming into this world to be, well, to submit himself to God, to as one translation says, it's about what John was baptizing for was for uh, someone to declare they want to have holiness of heart and life, uh, that that's what they want. Jesus is going down and declaring, I'm, uh, I am submitting myself to holiness of heart and life, that human side of him, 
because I am the fulfillment, the divine side of all of God's work in this world. I'm bringing all of that together here, and I am making the human side of me as holy as it can be, and I am I'm bringing the divine in, and I am starting something that will change the world. And of course, it's, it's, it ties in with the fact the next thing he does is he goes out into the wilderness to be baptized, I mean, to be tempted. Um, after he goes to the wilderness to be baptized, he goes to the wilderness to be tempted. And he's, but he's going out there because he is starting something big. And that was traditional among the Jewish people to go off and prepare themselves for something. He is, this is all a part of this preparation and declaration. Now is the time for me to bring the fullness of God's message to you. And, and I think it's, I think it's powerful that, um, that John in, in Matthew's telling of it, that John recognizes the power of Jesus when Jesus steps into the water and says, I really am not the guy that needs to baptize you. We need to flip roles here. And, but even in that, Jesus doesn't, it, it's not time for that. And so Jesus simply says, no, um, you, we won't get to where we need to be. I won't get to accomplish what I'm here to accomplish if we flip roles right now. To some extent, John was the only person, uh, plus Jesus there, who recognized that this was the culmination of all the, the prophecies of all the Old Testament of the Messiah coming and almost being ordained at this moment to 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 go into ministry. So all that the people of Israel had hoped for was coming down to this moment, which is again uh, accompanied by the presence of all the all the members of the Trinity. And uh, and I imagine John was standing there going. Dear Lord, <laughs> Jesus, uh, God, I mean, we are uh, we are watching a moment that we've hoped for forever, and it's and it's here upon us. And even in this, we get this weird, um, semi-prophetic, I guess you would say, or maybe prophetic moment with John, even at the point of a baptism of Jesus, because I love the phrase, and it seems it it seems a bit odd that John announces, I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the, uh, the untie his sandal, um, which means literally that John is saying, I, I'm not worthy even to be his servant. Um, I'm, I'm here baptizing, but there's one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to be his servant. And uh, I, what I, I always love things that bookend well, um, but what John is doing is, in a way, he, he points us ahead all the way to almost the end of Jesus' ministry when Jesus shows us a different kind of Messiah, and he bends down and he unties the sandals of his disciples and washes their feet. You know, John's going to baptize Jesus, pouring water over his head, and says, I'm not worthy to be his servant and untie his sandals. Jesus is going to, is willing to, and does, on, at the Last Supper, untie the sandals of his disciples and wash their dirty feet. I mean, it's a, um, 
John is even giving us a hint that takes us all the way to the end of the ministry and points us in the fact that Jesus is not the kind of Messiah that the world is expecting. So what else? How does how does the fact that Jesus gets baptized and, and Jesus starts his ministry uh, with John in, in the Jordan um, – how does this affect, or what does this tell us, or what does this teach us, or how does this help us today? Well, I think there is, if you if you connect the two, all right, so, and, and I like what you um, said about Matthew and about really what a lot of these people are coming to do is there is this sort of, through the baptism they're receiving from John, is this full submission to God. Um, to be ritually cleansed and, and all that other stuff, but also to, to live their lives in full submission to God from that point on. And then you see, you know, Jesus go through um, a similar thing. But I think for for us, it it certainly puts a predication on, all right, well, this is the calling for us as well, is this sort of full submission, full surrender, full humble surrender of ourselves and all our things to the Lord in order to guide and direct our lives. Um, and, and so I think there's there's something special about that this is how this starts. And this is how Mark starts this gospel. And I think it's how interesting how it falls in the Christian year, um, always right at the first of the year and uh, immediately after Advent, uh, is, is this moment for us to kind of claim our, our – remember our baptism, to claim uh, what we were claimed for and uh, to kind of recommit to that. And so it's interesting how the church has has seen that and put it – even in the in the the calendar, in a place to say, okay, it's it's time to get serious about faith. And you mentioned Kip the importance of remembering our baptism, and I think that's one of the the components that comes out of this passage specifically for me. In that it, it's it's critical and vital to our our individual faith, our faith journey, our the ministries that we participate in, that we remember our baptism but not just our individual baptism, that we are remembering the baptism that we are connected all the way back to Christ with. And that, you know, people can sometimes be intimidated by the divinity of Christ. And and yet Jesus was baptized in a river, just like the baptisms that have taken place for centuries and centuries since then. And, and that... Um, is, is just yet another strand of connection that binds us um, to the to, to the life and ministry of Christ that that you can't fi- you don't find elsewhere. Right, right. We are we're not baptized just because he did it. Right. You know, even though it's one of, it's considered a sacrament um, in mainline Christianity, it's considered a sacrament because it is a sacred mo- truly a sacred moment in his life. Uh, so baptism is always a sacrament, but we don't do it simply because he was baptized, but instead we're baptized into this wholehearted obedience to God's will for our life and to be a be one who shares in God's love and God's grace and God's mercy. And we're... Um, and because of our relationship with Christ, we 
get baptized through the Holy Spirit living within us, and which is another part of our relationship with God. And and so I think that uh, I think it's it, it, while we don't remember our baptism every day, uh, we do remember baptismal remembrance services occasionally, and other and faith uh, faith traditions will have other ways they remember their baptism at different times. Um, I think it's critical to remember that that our baptism marks us as those who are set apart for God and that we are called to a life of wholehearted obedience. Uh, we do really well with that for, you know, probably maybe two, two, three minutes a day. Um, and, but we have the goal of wholehearted obedience. Uh, I know someone who he, he started this practice years ago and it is, he, he said one of his quiet times of prayer has always been in the shower. I guess, you know, he said that's just, you, you have the white noise. Same in some ways. Yeah, yeah. You have, yeah, you have the white noise of the water and, you know, you're, you have whatever length of time you have hot water available. Um, and quiet time in the shower is, is, is the way he starts his day. And he said part of that, and part of that, I, I, he said, I decided to, every morning, that as I'm standing there with the water pouring over my head to remember that I've been baptized and claimed by God and that I have put my faith in Christ and I'm called to be obedient. And I ask God to help me live as one who is baptized. And, and so I thought that's, that's a pretty, a pretty impressive way to remember your baptism every day. Um, and also to, well, to put your faith back in Christ fully. I mean, I always love the story of Billy Graham when uh, late in his life, he was asked by an interviewer, um, when did you accept Christ as your Savior? And he expected to hear the story of when Billy Graham was very young and all of that. And Billy Graham looked at him and said, this morning. He said, when I, when I did my devotional time this morning, I accepted Christ as my Savior for the day. Because he said, tomorrow I'll need to accept Christ as my Savior again. Right. He said, Christ always accepts me. He said, but I have to accept Christ and let Christ have that power in my life. And maybe remembering our baptism every morning in the shower might help all of us. Yeah. So I love that idea of, of each morning in the shower. Um, and just a shout out to Dove Soap. Because that would be the perfect oh, soap to yeah. use. Dove soap. Yeah. So, hey, if there's any sponsor opportunities <laughs> right, out there, there Dove soap would like to jump on board. Come on, Dove. <laughs> <laughs> and see, this is why we bring John on every now and then. These powerful I, moments. Yes. I hearken back to our <laughs> earlier days. He, re, he brings back the hearken. Okay. I love, get away. I love it. Uh, all right. So. This week we're we're talking about the baptism of Jesus and how that begins his ministry of faithfully fulfilling what God has called him to do, sent him to do. And so for each of us, all of you all of us that think about this passage, may we remember our baptism and remember that we're called to dedicate ourselves fully to whatever it is God has called us to do, to give ourselves fully to whatever it is God is is wanting to do in and through our lives. 
may we remember that Jesus is our role model in this because from this point on he moves forward to fulfilling God's call and God's plan for his life and by doing so he changes the world we hope you'll join us again on the purpose God bless Thank you.